Jesus, we thank you for your presence now. We just flow with your spirit as we go to your word to speak to our hearts. Let there be a flow of revelation today. In the name of Jesus, thank you. May we get to know you the more. May faith rise in your word. That nothing of ignorance would be destroyed. Burdens are removed. Yokes are destroyed. We honor, we walk in the liberty of the spirit. Jesus is magnified in this place. Thank you, thank you. Okay. We have been looking at dealing with satanic accusations. Since the beginning of this month, both on Sunday and Wednesday, just to have a few things to share, I've got to do with my channel meetings around this topic. And we put it on the shelf long ago. But today, I want to do a little bit of a test because dealing with satanic accusations will not be successfully carried out except you know the God himself. What I mean. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. Oh God, I know whom I have believed. So you ought to know whom you believe. If you don't know whom you believe when, the devil will mess you up. Are you listening to me? If you don't know him when, the devil will mess you up. He will attack you because the Bible says he's, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the Bible, we saw on last week in, in 2 Timothy chapter, uh, chapter uh, 2, tells us that not the devil wants to take us captive at his own will. Yeah. He wants to take us captive at his own will. Let's see that scripture again. Yes. Was he coming back like that? Second Timothy. He says we should recover ourselves. So that, or we should recover ourselves, verse 26, out of the trap of the devil, who are, lest you be taken captive by him at his own will. This is talking to Christians. So a Christian can be under the captivity of the devil at his own will. <laughs> Not at the Christian's will, but at the devil's will. So that he can come and 
do whatever a manipulates and spoil things to his will. Verse 25 tells us that we should acknowledge the truth. So when you acknowledge the truth, the devil can't take you captive at his own will. Are you following me? Praise God. He said, in that day, he said, nobody will say no the father. Therefore, all, they will all know me from the least to the greatest. So, in the new covenant, God's agenda for you is to know him. It's to know him. To know him. Because it makes all the difference. First John chapter 5 verse 20 tells us, And we know that the Son of God is come. Why has he come? And has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So God sent his son that we might know him. That we might have an understanding of him. Because in knowing him, we know ourselves. Hallelujah. The knowledge that God wanted Adam and Eve to have was not the knowledge of good and evil, but the knowledge of him. And so when they bought the wrong knowledge, when they bought and imbibed the wrong knowledge, God asked them, who told you? Have you eaten of that tree? Have you acquired that knowledge that I don't want you to acknowledge? I mean, to, to have. Adam was meant to eat the tree of life. This is the true God and eternal life. So, in dealing with the accusations of Satan, we cannot but talk about the nature of God. So, in Psalm 12, sorry, Isaiah chapter 12, Verse 1, praise God. It says, and in that day, verse 1, in that day, what day? Talking about the day of salvation. Isaiah 12, verse 1. He said, you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and thou comforted me. Next verse. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. So, in other words, he's saying in that day, so what day is he talking about? He's talking about the day of salvation. So, in the day of salvation, 
you are going to find out and pray after you discover this uh, you will begin to praise him because uh, you have seen his true nature that he is a god of salvation okay so before then men thought that god was angry with them Isaiah, in his limited knowledge, said, Lord, you are angry with me, but your anger is turned away. Let's assume God is, was angry. Pastor, I thought you told me that God is not angry with me. Praise God. Maybe we should know what the anger of the Lord is a little. Because... The devil will come and meet you and say, God is angry with me. And uh, therefore, it will affect your relationship with him, your fellowship with the Father. You know, God is angry at this nation of Ukraine. That is the reason why all that is happening to them. Oh, no. Praise God. Praise God. He said, even though you were angry with me, let's continue to read. We'll, we'll discover what the anger of the Lord is here. Amen. Therefore, because he is now my son, because you have become my salvation, therefore, with joy shall I what? Draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day, you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted, sing unto the Lord, for he has done excellent things. What is the excellent thing that he has done? Salvation. This is known in all the earth. Cry out, shout, thou inhabitants of Zion. Praise God, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Who are the inhabitants of Zion? It's talking about you and I. Talking about the church. Amen. So we will, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the root of our praise, the focus of our praise is the salvation of God and not the anger of the Lord. So what is the anger of the Lord? Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah 54. Praise the Lord. Let's read verse 9. This is, this, verse 8. Praise God. In a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment. But with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on thee, says the Lord thy Redeemer. That scripture tells us what the wrath of God is. He said, in a little wrath, I hid my face from thee for a moment. Praise the Lord. So the wrath of God or the anger of God is the hiding of the face of God. The anger of God or the wrath of God is not God punishing somebody. Psalm Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59, verse 1. Isaiah 59, verse 1. 
So the wrath of God or the anger of God is the face of God hidden. Praise the Lord. Let's read verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Next verse. But your iniquities have what? Separated between you and your God. And your sins have hid his face from you. Glory to God. Pastor Oki, you are very tall, right? Please come. I need someone who is not too tall. Tall, okay. Pastor Darren is following you. Okay. Praise the Lord. And um, I need somebody else who is not too tall. Abraham, please come. Thank you. Glory to God. Okay. Just stand here. Stand facing Pastor Lucy. Praise the Lord. This is God. He never changes. Are you following me? God never changes, right? God doesn't change his position, does he? Amen. This is man. Okay? Man is a shifting person. This is sin. Hallelujah. Okay? His name is not Simon. His name is Pastor Uti. And Pastor Uti doesn't mean sin. <laughs> For illustration purposes. Okay? So, let's read. You see this picture? You see this picture? So, let's read Isaiah 59. We are trying to find out what the anger of God is. Isaiah chapter 12 tells us that that he was angry with him, right? And he said, his, his, he hid his face. So what does he mean? What is the anger of God? The anger of God is the face of God hidden. When you say the face of God hidden, it means that God is absent. Hallelujah. God can't be seen. So he said, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Take note. Did he say that your iniquities make, made God to separate from you? Okay. So, what separated? I said, and what does that mean? What does it mean by your sin separated? I mean, iniquities separated between you and your God. He tells you. It means your sins have hid his face from you. Is his face there? But is his face seen by man? Why? Because of sin. So for his face to be seen again, right? What did God have to do? He took away. Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away. Away with you. So, is God still angry? What does that mean? His face is now seen. God was never angry like man was angry. And like man knows anger. His anger means, uh, sorry, that like 
man knows anger. His man's anger, anger. This one. His anger means sin. My sins, uh, the Lamb of God has been slain. My sin has been taken away. His anger is no more. Because his face is now seen. Aren't you glad about that? Aren't you glad about that? <laughs> Glory to God. There's some cause for rejoicing here this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. So, in Luke chapter 15, we go back to the story of the prodigal son. But before we do Luke 15, um, we should also therefore answer the question, why then is there consequence of sin? Because the accuser stands on the pedestal of sin to accuse us. Amen. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is what? Death. So is it God that brings the death? No. The wages of sin is death. Fire is can burn somebody, isn't it? So if Titi puts her hand inside fire, what will happen? Is it God that caused the bonds? No. It's Titi. The consequence of her putting her hand inside the fire, right? Isn't she beautiful? Praise God. So, the wages, the consequence of sin is death. Romans 8 verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So what do we see? So we see a law here. So what's the law that is in Christ? The law of the spirit of life. So the only law you see in God is the law of the spirit of life. He said, has set me free from the law of sin and death. So it's a law. Hallelujah. It's a principle like gravity. Anything that goes up must come down as long as you're on this earth. Praise the Lord. So, God is not the one that causes it. First Corinthians chapter 10. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 10. Oh, God is not angry with you. Like man knows anger. No, no, no. Let me tell you the source. First Corinthians chapter 10, let's look at verse 5. Let's begin to read from verse 5. And I want all of us to read together. Ah, is that verse 5? Is that verse 5? Okay, so let's do back up a bit. Let's do verse 4 to verse 3. Okay, let's start from verse 1 then. <laughs> Okay. Moreover, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. So he was talking about the children of Israel. Uh -huh. And they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Talking about the children of what? Israel. When they were, you know, in captivity from uh, Egypt. Uh, when they were delivered from captivity from Egypt. He said, they did all eat the same spiritual meat. Uh -huh. And 
Did God bring the saints to deliver food and they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ? But with many of them, so let's start reading from here, one to go. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Stop there. He said, these things were our examples. Okay? These things are not meant to be our experiences. They, are, they were our, our examples. We do not live under their dispensation. But this is, the, the, this is what God wants us to learn from them. That we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So all that happened to them in that wilderness, right, was because they lusted after evil things. Praise God. Next verse. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to what? To play. Okay, next verse. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Ah, my God, this is God's judgment. Wow. You know, it is. But let's see, let's read on. Let's read this one to go. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. The Bible says that they tempted Christ. Okay? When the Bible says that they tempted Christ, it wasn't that they made God angry. They tempted Christ. They did what they were not supposed to do. Praise God. Okay? And the Bible said they were destroyed of serpents. What destroyed them? Huh? Serpents. Where are those serpents? In heaven? Where did they come from? On earth. On earth. In other words, hallelujah, nature has a way of reacting to sin. Are you listening to me? It's like serpents beat them. Those serpents had been there in the wilderness all the while. It wasn't that the serpents were suddenly manufactured. Amen. But God had protected them. There was an edge around them that the serpents couldn't bite them. But the Bible says that they tempted Christ and then, of course, they didn't know about Christ then. But Paul is now telling us what actually happened. God's interpretation to it. Because remember, the spiritual rock, he said the spiritual rock that, that, that followed them was who? Was Christ. Amen. Said, and they were destroyed or suffered. Next verse. Now, let's see. Neither, let's read down, one go. Neither murmured ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of who? Of who? Who is a destroyer? For the devil comes but for to steal, to kill, 
and to destroy. So, was it God that destroyed them? So, God couldn't have employed his enemy to destroy his people. It means this, that Satan hides behind sin and creates things to negatively affect us. He takes advantage of it. Sin exposes us. It exposed them. So it was not God that said, okay, I'm going to kill all of you. All of you die. Like Moses wrote it. Moses knew in part. But now in the new covenant, we know in full. We know who was behind it. We know it was not God that was behind it. Hallelujah. What is the wrath of God? The wrath of God is sin blocking the face of God. I'm just talking, you know, figuratively. Amen. Is God being removed from the sin? From the sin. Sin as in S-C-E-N-E. That's why in Luke chapter 15, we see that when the prodigal son came to the father, amen, what happened? The Bible said the father saw him afar off and did what? And ran to him. That is what God does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. He said, for God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Abraham believed that God was the justifier of the ungodly. And because the price for eternal salvation has been paid, God's face can no longer be hidden from us. So when someone says, oh, heaven has closed over me, heaven can't close over you. It's a deception of the devil to think that heaven, well, I mean, the devil has only, he has, he has taken that person captive. When the believers start to think, oh, heaven has closed over me. So I begin to pray for open heavens. Did you see that? So the accusations of the devil can come from the pulpit. Oh, if things are not working out well for you, then it means that heaven has closed. So begin to pray. Lord, let there be open heavens for me. Oh, Lord, oh, whatever I have done that has made heaven to be closed on me. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. Oh, God, forgive me. And you are not sure if things don't move on well for the next three months. Maybe you are, you are, it, you, it robs you. You are not now sure whether heaven, well, since heaven has not opened upon you, oh, then it means that your sin is what has still caused that heaven to be angry angry with you. And so you go into another period of fasting. You do the dry one. You do the wet one. You do the one on the mountain. You do the one in your house. Why? So that there can be open heavens upon you. Because uh, you are, you are you're not sure whether God uh, 
it has closed it because of that thing that you did. And so the accuser of the brethren starts to accuse you and rain verbal assaults on you and thereby take you captive. But you are coming to the acknowledgement of the truth today. In the name of Jesus. So, when we see the manifestation of death, it is not from God. Because he walks according to the law of the spirit of life. Which is in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. And somebody, some, <laughs> I remember, I, I, I went to see a friend one day, and we were discussing, we were talking about, you know, an incident that happened. The person now said, fellow believer, the person now said, oh, that's, uh, it is karma that is working. It is karma that is working. Listen, listen. Karma is demonic. It is devilish. It is a deception from hell. Are you listening to me? Because in Christ Jesus, praise God, there is no karma. Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Are you listening to me? So he said, as you sow, so shall you reap. Oh, he said, if he were to count our sins, who shall what? Stand. But that he 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 has he has forgiven so that he may be what feared. Let me tell you this. You know, God does not operate in sowing and reaping. God does not operate in sowing and reaping. God does not sow so that he will reap. God is not sowing and reaping is in the realm of time. While the earth remains, Genesis 8:22, seed. Sees. But God doesn't operate in the realm of time. He's in the now. Now faith is. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Someone says, God sowed his son so that he can reap many sons. He wants to reap the whole world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it is not every. No, 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 sir. Praise God. Yes, you start bombarding me with questions. Amen. So let me not go there. <laughs> Amen. That will be for some other time. So God does not operate sowing and reaping. Man is the one that operates sowing and reaping. When you get into the God realm, you take sowing and reaping out. That's why he will bless even the unthankful. Despite the fact that the unthankful sowed unthankfulness. Are you listening to me? So don't live your life just based on sowing and reaping alone. Come on, get on the high, there's a higher truth. If you were to reap what you sow, you won't be here. He said, my kindness. He said, my kindness. Let's go back. Where did you see that kindness uh, scripture? That's, I think that should be in, that should be in uh, Isaiah chapter 12, right? Is it that talks about his kindness? Isaiah chapter 12. Let's look at it. Ah, Isaiah 12. Is it Isaiah 12 now? Oh, no, no, no. It's Isaiah chapter 54. Did I tell us to, did we read Isaiah 54? Yeah, 54. In a little water, I hid my face for a moment. Of course, you understand what that means now. But with everlasting kindness. Now, question, can kindness and, uh, and anger work together? 
anger as we know it. God said his anger, his kindness is everlasting. So, praise God. It ever remains. Praise God. It never changes. God has never changed from being kind. So, so if God is going to be angry, just look at it now. If God is going to be angry, then it means that his kindness has to stop. But he says his kindness is everlasting. So the two of them can't merge. Glory to God. He's either he's kind or he's angry. But he says he's ever kind. Amen. Praise God. So he does, he, he, what the devil, when you don't know this, when, if you fall into sin, right, the devil will come and say, yes, God is, God is, God is dealing with you. I remember the story of a woman of God many years ago in one of uh, uh, the books, God's Generals. I mean, he said that the woman lost several of her children because she did not, because she did not um, uh, 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 obey God to enter into the ministry. That was not God. Are you listening to me? That was not God. God doesn't kill your children. Maybe the Ukrainian church, they, they did not pray well. That's the reason why. No, that's not true. Jesus. Jesus said, in the, he said, this is going to be one of the, uh, 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 the signs of the end times. He said, you will hear of wars and rumors of war. He said, nations will rise against nations. Russia will rise against Ukraine. He said, this is the beginning of sorrows. You see, this is why we've got to pray for the saints. Hallelujah. But is it God that caused it? No. But can God's glory still come out in the midst of that rubbish? Yes. Because he is ever merciful. So we go to Luke 15. We see that boy. The boy, when the Bible says he came to himself after he had spent everything he had on riotous living. Was that good? No. That was bad. And the Bible says that those people that he spent money on, by the time he didn't have money again, he went back to them. Bible said nobody gave him anything. Why? Because the world doesn't give anything for free. Nothing goes for nothing. And Bible said he began to be in want. These were people he spent money on. No? He, 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 he wasted his money on. And when he now began to be in want, they all left him. Isn't that the way man does? Yeah. Those people that were eating, drinking the beer with you at that time, you see, you wasted them. You see, the waster. And meanwhile, they were the ones enjoying it. Oh, they were calling you Ranka Dede. <laughs> As man for you. Hallelujah. And when he came to himself, he now said, Ah, I will arise and go to my father and say to my father, Right? Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. He said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy. That is what sin does for you. Sin distorts your identity. It distorts your identity. So you say, I'm going going to make me one of your hired servants. The boy couldn't see himself as a son any longer. But did it change the fact that he was still a son? And so when he, how do we know that? When he ran to the father, the, uh, the father, I mean, when he got to the father, he was, he was about to rehearse, I mean, to, to, to tell his father what he rehearsed, what he had rehearsed. 
He didn't even stop. The father didn't allow him to continue. He just said, hey, I've seen the game seven, and, and I'm always doing it. Oh, shut up. He didn't, even, he, he, didn't, he didn't allow him to continue and get his request. Make me one of your hired servants. He didn't even allow, allow him. He just said, hey, bring the robe. Hallelujah. That is what, be, he, that's what belongs to him. Bring the ring. That's what belongs to him. Bring the shoes. That's what belongs to him. The father is always seeking to restore our identity. But who accused him? Religion accused him. When the elder son came, he said, this is your son that wasted himself, that committed fornication, that did riotously, that, that, that wasted his mind. Now, take note of when the son said, Father, divide. The Bible said he divided it between the two of them. So which means that the older son had what the son, other son had. So he, well, the, he, he didn't just give the boy his portion. The elder son too had his portion. But the elder son was busy. Father, you know I've been working for you. I've been working for you. I've been working for you since. The blessings of God, praise God, they are enjoyed as children, not as servants. Praise God. So you can claim. The father said, come in, put on him the best robe. Let's kill the fatted cow. Said, for my son was dead and now he's alive. But this, this elder son said, he's a useless boy. Instead of serving his father, he ran away. He, he, he was carrying women all over the place, sleeping with women all over the place, spending money anyhow. Men are the ones that the devil usually uses to accuse us. We thought you were good. You are not, even, you are, you are not as good as we think you are. Just look at you. you common, common, common English, you cannot even say it well. Praise the Lord. What family you come from? Uh, who, who knows your family in here? Be quiet there. You can't go beyond this place. Hallelujah. It is men. So the devil uses men to accuse us. He can even use our pastor. If our pastor is preaching, preaching rubbish. So let's close with 1 John chapter 3. How do we now handle it? Listen. The voice of men should not be louder than your voice in your life. Praise God. Praise God. You know, people can use the Bible to, to, to bring condemnation. Oh, yes. Yeah, look at you. See the way. Can't you see Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 22? Praise God. A friend of mine that quoted that scripture, he said, why don't you read the one before and the one after? He said, you should not wear linen. Anything that is linen, don't wear it. But I can see linen in your clothes. So you too, you have uh, disobeyed. Praise the Lord. Okay, so First John chapter 3, verse 19. Quickly, let's read. Let's read it. First John 3, verse 19. And hereby we know that we are of the truth. Is somebody being blessed there this morning? You're getting something, you're sure? He said, and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before God. 
what does the devil do? He said he accuses them day and night before God. But John says, what are you to do? Assure your heart before God. So when the accusations and verbal assaults are coming in, he says, hereby we know we of the truth. We use that truth. What is the truth? Jesus said, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by thy truth. Your word is truth. So we can put in the place of truth, we can put the word word, isn't it? So and hereby we know that we are of the word. And what will we do with that word? We shall assure our hearts before God. Now, who is going to assure your heart? Not God, you. God will assure your heart as much as you are able to permit the word of God to assure your heart. So, when those accusations come, glory to God. One says, well, well because the reason why I'm sick is because of so, 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 so. No, no, he said, no, no, no. Assure your heart of the truth and then deal with that sickness. You command it to go. He said, we shall assure our hearts, uh, assure our hearts before him. Next verse, next verse. For if our hearts condemn us, did you see that? So, our hearts can condemn us. Who is it that condemns? Uh, yea, it is God that justifies. God does not condemn us. Uh, Praise God, our hearts condemn us. When we do wrong, your heart should condemn you. Hallelujah. Your heart, uh, you, you, should, you, should, you should feel some sense of conviction. See, if you are doing wrong and uh, your conscience uh, does not prick you, you are far, you have gone very far. Because he that is born of God does not practice sin. For the seed of God is in him. So when the believer finds himself practicing sin, Praise God. What is that? It means that he has neglected the nature of God that is on the inside of him and gone very far. That's why he, he I mean, he can behave. See, a Christian can be saved and behave like a sinner. Paul said there is envy. There is strife. There is murmuring. Sir. There is bickering. Sir. There is tumult amongst you. Talking about the children, I mean, the Corinthian church. All kinds of vices. In fact, he said, he said there are some things that, that, that are not even meant to be mentioned among unbelievers. He said, we are finding it among you. All of you ought to be ashamed. Where a man is sleeping with his father's wife. What did they call? Is that one? With his stepmother. Is that one they call incensed? What, what do they call that one? Eh? Whatever they call that one, sir. Amen. I'm, I know that English people will have a name for it. You know, sleeping with his stepmother. Ah. Maybe the father was very old and, uh, you know, sleeping with his stepmother. Even if the stepmother was younger than him, it was still his stepmother. How many of us have stepmothers that are younger than us? You know, yeah, sleeping with his stepmother. He said, even such things, you can't hear it among those who are unbelievers. Unbelievers will say, ah. Oh, Christian. Ah. So that unbelievers are saying, ah, does not mean you are not a Christian. You have just be behaved, you have just behaved carnal, like an unbeliever. The world will say it's worse, but sin is sin. Praise God. What's between in, in, where, where men are? 
horrible. Praise God. So, he says, if our heart condemn us, what? God is greater than our heart. Your heart, right, can be defiled by your by, by, by an evil conscience. Your heart can be defiled. And where your heart is defiled, praise God. The Bible says that there's something for you, got, for, for you to be restored. He says that you, God is greater than your heart and he knows all things. So which means that the knowledge of God, praise God, of what God has done in Christ Jesus, your repentance, remember what did I say your repentance means? Your repentance means you are acknowledging the truth of what God has done in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So you're, you're, you're acknowledging that God this Jesus Christ has died for me. He has washed away my sins. Sin no longer has dominion over me. I do not live in unrighteousness. I have the nature of God on the inside of me. I have the seed of God inside of me. So this sin, you don't overcome me. You don't have dominion over me. I reign over you. I am reigning in life by the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. I am. I have my. I have been created in the in true righteousness and holiness, not only in my speech, but also in my conduct. And so, you this sin, you do not reign over me any longer. That is the truth that you are acknowledging. That truth which represents God, which comes from God, is greater. So, don't stay in the place of heart condemnation. Amen. Rise above it. Let's see the next verse. If our heart condemns us, God is greater. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, what happens? So, which means that when your heart condemns you, it will rob you of confidence towards God. And that is what the devil, that is where the devil wants you to get to. Why? Because how do we please God? We please God by faith. So, it robs you of faith. Glory to God. So, the devil is the one that is putting the fire on. He's the one that is putting the fire. He's the one that is arranging those circumstances not to favor you. And he will start pointing you towards God. He said, no, 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 no. Say, say, ah, well, it's because you have offended God. Ah, yeah, uh, you know, some, some of us, we don't use the word karma, but we use sowing and reaping. That sister, ah, she's reaping what she sowed. Uh, mm -hmm. do, you know how many, do you know how many pregnancies that she, that she has aborted? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We know the story. Those of us that know, know. Shut up your mouth. Hallelujah. God is greater and knows all things. God is greater and knows all things. Praise God. How will he get a good job? We know how he left the university. How he, it was, he was, I mean, he was, he was always cheating his way. Cheating his way. Cheated his way. In, cheated his way in the 100 level, 200 level. In fact, she went to sleep with the lecturer. We know. No, no, she doesn't have a job. How, how will she get a job? He's, ah, she's sleeping. Ah. God is greater. Let's read on. Praise God. And I'm going to close here. Let's read on. Let's read on. And whatsoever we ask, this he said, if our heart condemns us. So which if your heart condemns you, amen. Do something so that your heart will stop condemning you. How what do you do? Assure your heart. Assure your heart with the truth. How many of you, let me ask you a question. Have you ever, have you ever asked, done something before and then you say, oh Lord, please forgive me. And then two months down the line, you still remember that thing. Who, who has ever had such a thing? I'm really bold. I, you know, I, you know, we 
won't tell you. If you don't want, we are not going to ask you what you did. Amen. You know? Yeah. Two months down the line, something now happened to you. Then you say, ah, that thing just come to your mind. Ah. to God. He said, God, forgive me now. I've said I'm sorry now. God, I'm sorry. You know you're merciful. I see God is holding forgiveness from you. <laughs> glory to God. Oh, when such thoughts come, glory to God, what do you do? Start assuring your heart with the word. Get into the word. What does the word of God say? What does has, has redemption promised me? What was given to me in redemption? He says, in whom I have redemption. See, when Paul was saying all those things repeatedly in various scriptures, in, various, in his various books, he was not just plain. He wanted these people to get, he wanted it to get into their hearts. Come, in whom you have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. So when those things come again, you say, no, no, I have redemption. What is redemption? I have the forgiveness of sins uh, through the blood of Jesus. Uh, has the blood been shed? Yes. Uh, it's not going to be shed again. If I'm going to ask God to forgive me again, it means that the blood has to be shed again. The blood is the evidence uh, that my sins have been forgiven. Glory to God. Uh, hallelujah. He said, that song says, uh, my sins, uh, not, not, um, my sins, uh, oh, my sins, he has taken away. My sins, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. It is well, it is well with my soul. Not in parts. Glory to God. They said, not in part, but the whole. It's just common sense. If you forget, I mean, if he dealt with your sins uh, before you were born. So the one that will happen in 2031 was, has already been covered. And, hey, that, that, see, that's why the Bible says that the natural man cannot understand the things of God. He said, because they are spiritually designed. Isn't that good news? Why will I bear the punishment uh, for something that Jesus Christ has already taken care of? So when the devil comes with his accusations and he begins to arrange things uh, and arrange nature to, to go against you, hallelujah, do, what do you do? do? You stop him in his tracks. Say, Satan, I caught you this time. I caught you, I caught you, I caught you, I caught you, I caught you. I caught you. Jesus has already forgiven me. He's dealt with me. He has said he is merciful or he is merciful unto my unrighteousness. Therefore, you can't ping this on me. In the name of Jesus, oh, concerning that, my business, out. Take your hands off my finances. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off that, my head, off that, not my body. In the name of Jesus, Take your hands uh, off my children in the name of Jesus. Uh, take your hands uh, off that which concerns me in the name of Jesus. Don't allow him. Tell two people, don't allow the devil any longer. Don't allow him. 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 Don't allow him to pin it down on you. Praise God. Aren't you glad about that? Stand to your feet and let's give him some glory this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lift up your hands and thank him. Assure your heart of what he has done. Thank him for your redemption. Thank him. He's no longer hiding his face from you. The heavens are opened over you. 